This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Yesterday, Parliament debated whether South Africa should sever ties with Israel, a discussion brought about by the EFF. The DA, IFP, Freedom Front Plus and ACDP spoke out against it. With elections around the corner, to what extent will our views on the Middle East con- um, influence our vote? There's absolutely no better person to answer this question than the world-renowned election analyst and fundi Wayne Sussman. I am delighted to have Wayne in studio with me now. Wayne, welcome and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Sharice. It's very good to be in the studio with you. Wayne, we've already seen Caliph Kachalia lose his job for making comments about the war uh, from the DA. That, for me, was quite unprecedented. Um, for you? Yeah, I think it, it was unprecedented. Khaleb Kachalia is a well-known member of the DA. He uh, was propelled into the party in 2016 when he was the mayoral candidate in Ekru Leni. He had a senior position in the party and obviously comes from a famous political family. Uh, but my understanding from the DA's side is that because it was such a contentious matter in the caucus that everyone had to, um, <clears throat> that they had to toe the party line and not, uh, and not declare their personal preferences. But it was strong action by John Steenhuisen and I think that the, parties who believe they can benefit from the DA's missteps on this crisis can benefit from from the actions Stenhazen took against Kachalia. So we've got two um, parties that weren't in Parliament that are pro-Israel. Uh, the, the Patriotic Alliance has come out unequivocally in support of Israel, and um, Colleen Makabele has just started her own party, Sarah, or it's more of an amalgamation of parties, Sarah, actually. Um, to what extent can Israel be seen as a defining factor in the elections? Let's again take a step back. Foreign policy traditionally hasn't had much bearing um, on South African elections. However, we must never say never in politics. Um, The longer the war between Israel and Hamas goes on, the more chance that it could be a factor in the 2024 elections. And I think certain parties would like it to be uh, a factor in the 2024 elections. Which, which parties? Well, I, I think both the EFF and the ANC believe they can benefit from this right now because let's look at who votes um, for the Democratic Alliance. The 2016 was a defining election for the Democratic Alliance because they built a very... Um, diverse group of voters who voted for it. Remember the tradition of the DA is that it comes from a white liberal English-speaking tradition in two th- and then we go to the 2009 election where they uh, eviscerate the national the new national party and emerge as the official opposition and they start expanding their base amongst colored voters and Afrikaans voters. By 2016 in that particular election, which was a unique election because Jacob Zuma is very unpopular the DA um, wins the overwhelming amount of support of white English-speaking voters, white Afrikaans voters, coloured rural voters, coloured urban voters. Um, they start making big inroads into black middle-class voters, Indian voters, and within the and then a lot of Muslim voters. And I think the ANC and the EFF see an opening here with 
um, Muslim voters who understand that as a community understandably has much greater sympathies with the Palestinian community. So this is something to see. So one thing which I'm looking at is I'm not doubting that people have great and if you are a pro-Palestinian sympathizer, that you have great unease with um, parties which seem to be uh, either sitting on the fence or siding with Israel in this particular matter. The million-dollar question is, will those voters who are upset with these parties move their votes across? It's the same as, and I know it's an interview, not a monologue, but it's the same as voters who have been upset with the ANC over the last few years. It's one thing being upset with the ANC and saying, look, they no longer represent me. But it's another thing, transferring your cross to another political party. Maybe you'll stay at home. So we need to see how that falls in the coming days. Wayne, could the converse be opposite as well for the ANC? Not the EFF, okay, but for the ANC. Because um, I saw, I've been following Twitter, and the comments after Sarah Mopoza wanted to get the ICC to investigate Israel were, I know Twitter represents very little, but people were like, why don't you get your own country in order? Is the ANC using this as a diversion? Because now we can be very strong on the international stage when we're clearly not very strong in South Africa. And can it actually irritate people more than it uh, attracts people? It's a great question. Long before October the 7th, uh, I, I said that, you, uh, I said that the ANC, that foreign policy will be one of the key things the ANC runs a selection of because there are definitely tangible outcomes in foreign policy, i.e. if there's increased investment or increased cooperation, like we've just seen the renegotiation of the of the GOA Act, which uh, allows our, our South African companies access to American markets, foreign policy definitely has tangible benefits. But foreign policy is also about ideals. It's not the same as a road being built or infrastructure being maintained. So I think foreign policy, the ANC senses an opportunity over here. Whether they get the benefit, that remains to be seen. Um, and exactly as you say, um, the ANC far broader than what I spoke about the DA in 2016. The ANC also has a tradition of broad support. Um, by the way, historically, a lot of Muslim voters used to vote for them, and they've been moving away. Um, um, some of it went back in a small sense in 2021, but uh, a lot of it's been moving away. Um, I imagine that there are Christian voters within the African National Congress who wouldn't be aligned with the party's current posturing. Let's look at the Christian voters. Um, they haven't necessarily voted for Christian parties because we know the majority of South Africans are Christian and it's not. Does a party like Sarah appeal to, do you think it could appeal to Christian voters? Well, it's very interesting. Colleen Makubele, um, I mean, she's the speaker of, look, it's was. The, was the speaker, <laughs> but she was the speaker of the city of Johannesburg. There might be a court case, which I, I'm sure there will be. Uh, I mean, last night I was at a diplomatic event in Pretoria, and with maybe a, I'm part of that chattering class, but the chattering class is speaking about Colleen Makubele there in Pretoria, in the nation's capital. She's definitely was, was, is, when we, I can't think, I think she's spoken about more than the current Speaker of Parliament. 
Um, so what I'm trying to say is I think Colleen Makubele has a profile. I, I have certainly spoken about her so much over the last few months, over different occasions. So that's the first thing. If you start a political party, and we are seeing a dime a dozen of political parties being formed right now, you need to have a profile. And Colleen Makubele with her posters, by the way, I've seen more Sara posters over the last few days than ANC posters. I've seen more Sara posters than Action SA posters. There's definitely a chance there. It's one thing forming a political party. It's another thing getting over the line. She'll need funding. With regards to the traditional Christian parties, um, and by the way, faith plays a strong role in many political parties. We know that often prayer opens political party gatherings, whether it's the ANC or the DA. Um, Parties like the Freedom Front have a strong uh, Christian tradition, um, but the African Christian Democratic Party is the party um, which uh, has been unashamed. There's also the United Christian Democratic Party, but they no, no longer really exist. So the ACDP has had the same leader since 1994. The Reverend Kenneth Meshwe, of course, spoke in Parliament yesterday on this matter. I think a challenge for a party like that is that... Be- they need uh, new blood to come in. Um, I, the, the, there's been a lot of consistency in who's represented them. I mean, someone like Steve Sto- Swart is a, a stalwart of Parliament. Stalwart. A real stalwart and of Parliament. C- correct. He's uh, been very close to the Jewish community. But it's going to be interesting, for instance, Kenneth Meshwe's daughter, someone like Olga Meshwe, um, could she bring a lot of new energy into this party? So on the one hand, Sharice, it's it's... We see that faith does play a strong role, but I, I think identity is more of a strong uh, is a stronger push factor than faith right now in South African politics. Before I leave, Colleen, and go into the patriotic alliance, which I would like to do, I also uh, the reason I did specifically bring her up because she was at a Christian Friends of Israel rally, and she spoke very movingly about the Jewish community, and that clip literally went around the world. I received from friends in Australia, in London, and all like, who is she? Who is she? Who is she? And I just wondered, does that ever translate into something practical? I think it can. Again, this, I spoke about chattering classes in Pretoria last night, speaking about her. Um, I often get invited onto television programs. Often Colleen Makubele is the talking point. So can Colleen Makubele take the fact that people in Pretoria, people on television stations, radio stations, speak about her a lot? I would say they speak about her more than the mayor of Johannesburg. She built a profile, and now we need to see whether she can take that profile, form an alliance or a political party, get media attention, which is going to be very difficult in the coming elections because that ballot sheet is going to be very long when we go and vote next year and fold it up and put it in. We're going to need a course while we uh, queue, and hopefully we'll all be queuing for long. There'll be a high turnout. How is she going to stand out in the ballot sheet? And Sharice, you, someone who knows media very, very well, there's only a news bulletin or a news program is only so long. How does Sarah, how do all these new parties, Musi Maimani's Bosa, um, Songhezo, Zibis, Rise, Mzanzi, how are they going to compete for media attention? It's going to be very interesting. If she can get those things right, her campaign can gather momentum. Let's talk about the Patriotic Alliance. And you spoke about identity politics. Um, who does the Patriotic Alliance attract? So, 
It's a great question. Um, on the day of the by-election in Ennerdale Fine Town, which is in the deep south of the city of Johannesburg, uh, right near the Krasmia Plaza, I, I was happened to be in the area and I went to go spend some time there uh, with the different political parties. And it was fascinating to spend a half an hour outside a polling station. By the way, the Patriotic Alliance would go on to win this election in, in a quite convincing fashion. It's a historically an ANC seat. Um, and I met a lot of pastors. I met advocates. I met people who felt that they've been let down nationally by the ANC and the DA had lost its way. They feel that Gaten McKenzie has given them a voice. So on the one hand, look, Gaten McKenzie is working very strongly to broaden um, the appeal of his political party. I don't, it changes so much. We spoke about Colleen Makubele is is or isn't the speaker. There's a municipality called Ditsabotle in Lichtenberg where um, there was a Setswana speaker um, from the Patriotic Alliance. She's formerly from the ANC. She was the mayor, the PA's first mayor in the Northwest. So I'm saying Gaten McKenzie is trying to, there's Kenny Kunene, he's trying to diversify who appeals and who represents the party. Um, but ultimately he's done very well amongst uh, colored voters. And these are voters who care deeply about their communities no longer being neglected. They care deeply about um, the the crime situation. They care deeply. I mean, Gaten, a strong issue for him is um, spaza shop owners and uh, um, illegal uh, he, il, il, illegal in, uh, multinational uh, illegal multinational citizens operating from here. So that's who he's ultimately speaking for. And I think he, when he made this decision, it wasn't. I don't think it was an opportunistic decision. I think he consulted a lot of those pastors who have been the backbone of his party, and I think they they worked with him to reach that decision. There was an article in the Mail and Guardian about a research that was done on, and I'll try and refer to it. Um, the Social Research Foundation. Yes, and they spoke about specifically colored voters were more critical of Israel than others. Did that ring true? So what's interesting there, and I know um, in South Africa we still speak about the four race groups, I understand that uh, there was a differentiation in the survey between Indians and colored communities. Historically, a lot of, not all, historically a lot of Muslim community, uh, people in the Muslim community identify as Indian. But my, my, I haven't studied this very closely. I mean, I've seen the survey. I wonder whether some of the, Muslim community identified as colored. Um, if the colored community uh, defined Israel as more apartheid Israel, um, a- a- as an apartheid state, then the Indian community, I'd be quite surprised by yeah. that. I would be so that we need to see the definition of colored in that particular. Yeah, it didn't. Community. It didn't um, ring correct. Th- that's correct. Yes. Um, okay, so I have a question from Moshe. Um, surely Muslim voters won't vote for the ANCFF who are anti-business and have a proven track record of corruption and mismanagement just because of their support of Israel. Thank you, Moshe. So that's what I said um, 
in the beginning of the interview, I think it's one thing being dissatisfied with the current vote party you vote for. It's another thing deciding who do I transfer my cross to. So I agree with Moshe that I, I think there might be some, some younger Muslim uh, members of the Muslim community who might say we like the ANC's position or the EFF's position and we might do that. There, uh, we might vote for them. There might be more religious members of the Muslim community who say Al-Jamaa actually represents us more. By the way, I think in Johannesburg they might have a challenge in that regard because I don't think Al-Jamaa having a mayor in the city of Johannesburg would necessarily be good for it because the city of Johannesburg is going through many trouble. But maybe in the, uh, troubles, but maybe in the Western Cape. Um, you could see Al-Jamaa benefit in that regard. Because I think Muslim voters, very similar to Jewish voters, many similar, very similar to South African voters, care fundamentally about job prospects for their kids, about their economy, and about the future, um, and, about, and about infrastructure and corruption and the future direction of this country. So while they might, and that's why it's very complicated voting. I, that's why I always say to people, there's no perfect product. Um, there's no perfect uh, product, a political product, but ultimately we, you can spoil that product. You can spoil your ballot, but I think find the least imperfect product when you're in the ballot box and make that decision. And that's why I think all communities will have to make that decision. So I think Moshe is correct. It's not Muslim voters like Jewish voters are not single-issue voters. Uh, it has to be the last question. The NFP, who brought a motion against Israel sometime, was it this year, is apparently not going to make it into the, into the ballot papers for next year? Sharice, what a pleasure to be on your show and end off with a great question about the National Freedom Party. Um, so this is interesting. My current projection, and we live in a very, and I know it will be quick, in a very fluid environment right here, is that if the ANC falls under 50%, they would like to bring on a party like the National Freedom Party because they would be a reliable coalition partner. You're 100% correct. The National Freedom Party have major internal squabbles, and they need to sort out these internal squabbles. Um, otherwise, they will not be able to contest the next election. Um, so we need to watch that, and that would be cons interesting, and particularly in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, you notice I didn't ask you any questions about what's going to happen next year because I want to have you again for a, possibly a longer time to look at how things are going to um, pan out because I think there's a lot of anxiety around this upcoming election. I'd be happy to do that if your producer would be happy to have me back. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was Wayne Sussman. And I promise you this is no... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? To say that he is world-renowned election. It's actually an understatement, Wayne. So thanks so much for joining me.